Welcome to the Excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. Hey, Nora, how you doing? I'm good, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I had a had a long week last week. It was a fun week, but a long week. We were at a first responder exercise, uh, sharing some exos and drones and robots with the first responder community. So that was lots of fun. That's exciting. That sounds like a great um, event to have been able to go to. It was. It was really good. We were there with uh, NIST and UMass Lowell and uh, had like over 150 first responders there. And it was just a, a really great uh, event. And they really put on a, a great, great exercise for everybody. And it looks like a lot of people got uh, some good stuff out of it. So it was it was a really worthwhile uh, trip. That's exciting. So what type of emerging techs did they have there? What did you get to see? Well, they they ran these uh, scenario exercises with canine teams, with bomb squads wow. and tactical and SWAT teams. And they were based on, you know, real events that occurred around the world. And wow. we were sort of the, the tech demo, uh, I'll say lane uh, for the event. And so we had a bunch of exoskeletons, uh, a lot of different types. Most of them, I think all of them were, uh, except for one, were all passive exoskeletons. And okay. then we had a number of small UAV drones, like mainly for like you put the drone up and you look at stuff, you know, so camera mm -hmm. video type drones. And then we had robots, uh, ground robots, for doing different things like for the bomb squad or other types of situations. So, and then we had, there was a team there from uh, Homeland Security that had some uh, tools that had been made for bomb squads that had been made by bomb squads, invented by bomb wow. squad members. So that was really cool. That's really cool. Did you get to like use any of these techs or try anything? I did. On? I did. Oh, I nice. Get, All right. I didn't get to fly the UAVs, uh, but they were uh, what I saw uh, with the UAVs and the robots. Like the the controls on these mm -hmm. things are so much more simple than they were like five, ten years ago. Uh, the drones, you know, the drones that initially. Uh, were on the market five or so years ago, really took a lot of effort, especially to keep them stable. Now, like almost all of them like auto stabilize. It's like they fly up and they're like rock steady in the air. It's like wow. really crazy. And, and the robots, uh, the ones we were showing off, really easy to drive now. And, you know, one of the things I thought we could talk a, l a little bit today is you know, this idea of manipulating like everyday objects with a robot. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Right. So, because I know you have a, a new, uh, uh, I'll say subcommittee, right? On, yeah, on, on grasping. grasping. Mm. Yeah, so committee F45. So, so not not me specifically, but yes, <laughs> committee F45 does have 
um, a really great new subcommittee uh, that is geared towards grasping and manipulation, which right. uh, is really, really interesting. I mean, not being a technical expert, just sitting in on these meetings and listening in. I, I mean, just, you know, the experts talking about all the different situations and how they're run and, and the different test methods and and the different research that they've done up to this point is is just really incredible and interesting to even just listen in on. It's pretty right. cool. And I thought, you know, let's talk about, about, you know, robots around everyday objects. Because, you know, I'll tell you, 10, 10 years ago, that was, that was like the challenge for robots. Anything that's like an everyday object, like especially like opening a door, turning mm-hmm. something, lifting something huge challenge because you know a lot of them are coming from the idea of a industrial type setting where they're programmed for a certain type of movement with a very specific type environment they control mm-hmm. everyday environment you know you don't control those things you just go into it and you know it is what it is and right. you know the advances i've seen over that period of time is just a phenomenal we had a we had a robot there who literally you could you'd walk it up to the door controller is just like a super easy almost like game control you walk it up to the door you tell it oh here's where the doorknob is and here's where the hinges are and boom it it opens it walks through it no problem like yeah five seconds it's amazing and i've seen robots 10 years ago that would be 20, 30 minutes of manipulating the arm and trying to get it to turn the knob right and trying to get it to open the door right. It was painful. Oh, uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Same thing uh, I saw with stairs. You know, we had robot oh. walk. <laughs> we, we had the robot and told it to walk up the stairs. The robot just walked up the stairs. It auto-detected the stairs, went up the stairs, and then came back down the stairs. Wow. And I was like, what the you know again yeah uh, 10 years ago we we're talking 30 minutes maybe maybe not going up the stairs at all because the robot fell or couldn't get enough traction or something like that i mean right or this, the equilibrium or yeah. the, the balance of the actual robot you yeah. know for weight distribution was not correct for going up angles like yeah. you know yeah and it's you i know, mean even slopes and hills right not right. just stairs oh, yeah. alone but like um you know and also you know the funny thing with stairs is so i grew up in a 250 year old farmhouse so i i mean stairs were not <laughs> to code in right. some areas right. of the house right um, you know, and, and you're trying to, you're trying to, um, train or program a robot to address stairs. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing. Not every stair is alike, right? right. <laughs> you know, um, and not, not only that, but material, like, is it, is it, um, like a graded stair? Is it wood? Is it right. carpeted? Um, you know, different terrains, which again, terrains is a huge one. I know we're talking about grasping today, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just the different variety of complications that can come into play for these is um, unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, you know, the the thing I'm trying to get across is like everyday objects and everyday environments used to be a huge huge challenge for robots because it was all 
new to them every time they went into it. And mm-hmm. now I'm seeing the the technology where they're much more able to handle this. So say we put a robot in, I'll say, a construction site where everything's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like you said, you could have some metal stairs. You could have some wood stairs that could be temporary stairs. You yeah. might have you might have door frames with no doors. You might have doors with doors, but they're temporary kind of, you know, put up doors. All the different types of handles. Right. Is it round? Is it is it like, you know, a long uh, how do you call that? Elong like the the line ones, you know. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I just it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And I I think you know what I'm seeing is those things are they're still a bit of a challenge, but they're not an insurmountable challenge now for the robots. And that that was really cool to see. You know, that that was one of the things, especially, you know, in the situation I was last week where we're we're working with a lot of first responders, the bomb squads, they deal with that all the time. They get a call, there's a suspicious package, and it's in a, a building or a house or something. And, you know, they've got to deal with stairs. They got to deal with doorknobs. They got to deal with all these. They got to deal with all these different surfaces, everything from wood to tile to metal to whatever. Right. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, And then thresholds like door. thresholds. Oh, yeah. Thresholds. Yes. You know, know, like we talk about tripping hazards for a human. I mean, tripping hazards for, you know, a robot is is just as. (laughs) It's <laughs> detrimental. <laughs> Absolutely. And what, and what happens when the robot uh, falls over? Can it get right. back up? Can it get back up? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I know. And, you know, like, you know, if it, humans in bomb suits. I mean, you were just telling me about that story of you being in the bomb suit. Like, yes. um, you know, just like just like humans, you get put in situations or you have certain PPEs, PPE on and, you know, similar situations that we have to think about for for human um, interaction with PPE, there are there are similar situation with robots. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, the last thing you want is a robot to fall over or fall down the stairs, and then when they get down there, they're like a turtle on their back. You know, right. they can't they can't get back up. They can't recalibrate. They can't. Um, yeah. Figure it out, right? Yeah, and and some of the robots I saw, they they were you know if they fell over. They could get back up. And then, you know, I've seen some in the past where, like you say, they basically just turtle. Somebody's got to go over there and physically kick them over. And physically, yeah, like like help them up. Yeah, help them up. (laughs) That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Robot's going to need an OnStar, you know, the button. Oh, I've fallen and I can't get up, you know? exactly. (laughs) Which, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the robots do have some type of sensor detection. No, it's not OnStar. It's a little life alert, you know? (laughs) (laughs) great yeah oh my gosh yeah Yeah. well wow that sounds like incredibly interesting so what are they i mean how do they get past that like how do they um get through different difficulties such as like you know turning doors opening doors um you know it all is it programming yeah Um, a lot of it's a lot of it's program it it is though you know also what kind of grasper you know, hand okay. or whatever is on the robot too. So that that can most of them are pretty good though. Uh, most of them uh, have good grips and everything. So it's mm-hmm. not usually that. Uh, it's usually more about uh, if they have some sort of arm. It's like how much 
how much do you have to control every segment of the arm versus yeah. how much is automated? That's the okay. So think thinking like when we talked to Aaron the other day, autonomous system. So if you have like a four or five segmented arm, mm-hmm. do you have to control every segment, tell every little segment which way to move to open a doorknob? Because yeah. that, that was one of the challenges with the old robots is you did. Mm-hmm. Or... Do you say, hey, this is a doorknob, turn it left, turn it right, and right. it automatically knows how which way each segment has to go. Righty, tighty, lefty, loosey. Yeah. Programming yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And, so and- I guess yeah, so I guess one of the questions that I have too is I mean, you would have to you would have to figure out grasping strength as well. Right. right? Like you'd have to program it. Because I would assume that, you know, a robot that is working in like a manufacturing situation where the grasp may, may need to be a little bit tighter on certain items or, um, you know, the item itself has a larger breaking strength versus right. if you have a robot that's trying to grasp produce. Right. You know, um, I would assume now, do they, would they use sensors for that bill? Again, is that programming? I, it Does it depend on the situation? I think, I think, I think sensors is probably what they use for everything. And it's all about the way I would do it. And mm-hmm. maybe they don't do it this way. It's basically use feedback from the sensor and have a sensor about when I'm trying to turn or move something, is my grasp or slipping? If it's not oh, if it's not slipping, I don't need to apply more force, right? Right. And I'm sure there's probably like an acceptable amount of slippage right. is what I would assume. Right. Um, you know, depending on what the what the task is and and the different environment in which they're working in, but you know, it's really amazing when you know, it's funny when when you and I are just sitting here talking and and we're in our offices and we're not really around these um it's funny to try to to imagine everything that goes into it. Right. But then when you go to events such as what you were at last week, it's like seeing it firsthand and going, "Oh my goodness!" Like, yeah, they're doing it. You right. know, right? Um, wow, yeah, it's really great, happening. It's event. not. It's not science fiction. It's like, oh my gosh, it just. It's just like magic, you know. Right. It's like I, you know, just seeing like the the robot open the door and walk through it like it was nothing. And, and then comparing to what I'd seen and experienced in the past, right. it's just like, yeah. oh my gosh, we've come so far. I know. And you know what? It's funny because you can, you can, you can kind of put it in perception or perspective, excuse me, to everyday life. I mean, I know, I know that there have, were times when, you know, I would watch movies with my father and, and you'd go from, you know, probably not the best example, but Jaws, right? Right. <laughs> How much trouble they had with that animatronic shark. Right. Um, you know, it would stop working. They wouldn't be able to use it. Like, you know, people would go on break and they'd come over a loudspeaker letting everybody know that the shark is working. We're going to go back to filming the scene. Right. <laughs> to, you know, fast forward to nowadays where you go and you see um, like different shark movies and it's like, Oh my God! It's 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 like a real shark, right? Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just and you know si- a similar thing to what just happened to you, right? Like you saw these, you know, a decade or so ago. You had the 
the pleasure of being around them to see them in their infancy. And now, you know, fast forward a decade and it's like, wow, these have come such a far long way since then. It's really exciting. Right. And it is so funny. It's like speaking of movies, it's like <laughs> it. So they had a they had, you know, several robots running around, several bomb bomb robots running around. And it it was like I, I had to step back for a second because it totally reminded me of like the scene in Star Wars where the, the little Jawas have all the robots out and yep. stuff like that running around and they have, yep. it's like, oh my God, it's like, the you know, the Star Wars robots are running around here and you have every different type, everything That's from a so really cool. tiny one to a really big one, you know? That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm really excited too that, that you know, prior to this, we were talking about whether or not you could share some pictures. So um, really excited to see, you know, I'm sure we'll have those pictures up on LinkedIn for people to take a look at. So if you're not already following our ET, um, our ASTM Exo Technology Center of Excellence uh, LinkedIn page, start following us because we're going to be putting some pictures up there for um, upcoming events and meetings and everything else. So you'll get to get engaged with and see what we're actually going to and participating in. I think that'll be really exciting. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is great, Nora. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. And I'm really glad that you had such a great time at the event last week and looking forward to talking uh, next week for our next podcast. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.